hey, hey, how are we doing? Welcome back. Welcome to another episode of Brian Carter 99, a 49ers podcast. Appreciate everyone for stepping in, for listening. Uh, haven't been putting out a whole lot on the channel, mostly because I've been doing so much on YouTube. If you haven't been over to the YouTube yet, it's the same name, Brian Carter 99. And it's a picture of me with sunglasses, and it's just all 49ers football draft stuff. Um, right now, I have about 14 videos up, and each video, there was a couple videos where I only had one prospect, and then I was trying to do two or three or four prospects per video. So, highly recommend checking those out if you're interested in the draft, the draft prospects. Uh, if you don't feel like watching the entire 45-minute to one-hour video, which I totally understand, skip to like the final five minutes, and I'll pretty much just summarize what I saw during the process. But it's a very organic process of me just saying, here's a prospect or two or three that I'm interested in. I'm going to watch an entire game, and I'm going to do my best to get the all 22 and just what am I seeing and kind of putting my thoughts together. Cause up until this point, you know, and when the draft season starts, it's just, it's names on draft boards and I haven't really watched them. So now I'm really trying to watch them get an in-depth thing. So uh, at the end of this episode, I will go over as much as I can remember the scouting uh, summarization for all the players that I've done, which is probably close to 20 or 30 players at this point. Uh, with that being said, uh, first off, I wanted to bring up that I have a special guest today. It's my girl Nala. Our puppy. We got a puppy. So, because we got a puppy, my other girl, Mara, is sitting with me on the couch, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Wow. Yeah. That's, um, I, I have never been introduced second to a dog. Yeah. Um, well, there you go. Look at, look at the puppy. She's just, she's yeah. so cute. She's snoring on the couch, but she's we got to keep so an cute. eye on her because she's a four month pity and, uh, she's adorable, but she could also tear up a stuffed animal. Cause some damage. Yeah. And she's yeah. unfortunately attached to me, so I can't really go anywhere without her being present. Yeah. But it's also fun because... The main focus of this podcast is to talk about the combine. So the combine, everyone knows all about the testing numbers and everything that happens, but really it's an entire week long event. And there's a lot more than just, you know, running backs and receivers running the 40. There's so much more that goes into it. And I thought it would be fun to have Mara here and just kind of talk through it with her because she's so much newer to this. I am the football obsessed person that <laughs> she started dating a couple of years ago, not realizing what she was getting into. And I have been able to convert her to a 49ers fan, which yes, is cool. Yeah. And I've had her once or twice on, we went to the Rams game together, which was amazing. Yeah. She's coming with me to the draft party in Hell Vegas yeah. with Chapman. I think the best part about having, okay, so Brian's definitely going to be talking about the combine and what he knows of it, but I am fairly inexperienced in the field of understanding why do we do the combine. I, I've seen the TV on and I've seen them running and jumping and all right, that's cool and all, but finally understanding the fine points of it, the analytics of understanding, well, this is what the member is performing and giving to us. And this is how they're going to be graded. And this is how basically they're going to be viewed for the next uh, draft prospect and who is going to want them and why are they going to want them? Yep. Yeah. And, uh, you know, again, there's so much of the combine. I thought it'd be a good thing to, again, bring on somebody who doesn't know a whole bunch about it. Yeah. Just because it makes I'm it that much easier to go through kind of what you're looking for, what you're not. Cause there's so much information. There's so many prospects that are going to be there. I think I was looking at the list and NFL.com and it was, almost 400 prospects that are being invited to the combine. I think 370 or so. So there's a whole lot of prospects. There's going to be a whole lot of numbers, a whole lot of data. And even that is only a fraction of it. So we're just going to kind of talk through it and break down what to look for, what not, what's there and what you should and should not really pay attention to. Yeah. Anything you want to add? 
Um, just that I know with his knowledge and experience and my lack thereof, um, <laughs> I'll probably be asking some quote-unquote dumb questions that some of you are going, oh, how does she not know? Yeah, I don't know. All right, I'm here to learn. Um, There's no dumb questions unless you ask it a second time. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, I mean, if you if you can visualize that I am coming at this with the... I want to know more and sure. I'm probably going to ask, Oh, so what goes into the medical testing? The, you know, when they have to jump and do the vertical, why does that matter? Well, here's why it matters. And Brian's definitely going to have that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you may hear some clinking of glasses. We are having wine and combine. Yeah. It's wine and combine night. Yeah. On a Monday night. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's go ahead and get into it. So first let's just start this off with the basic understanding that, all these prospects, what they're basically doing is they're going to the biggest job interview of their entire lives. These are four-year, multi-million dollar contracts on the line. They're going to be meeting with 32 prospective employers. And we're talking, again, like life-changing money, life-changing opportunities. So there's a whole lot that goes into, you know, on the player's perspective, I got to make sure that I'm putting my best foot forward. I'm performing at the highest level. Um, you know, I'm having the best possible one week long 32 prospective employer pro interview Job possible. Interview. And then on the team side, Hey, we're going to do as much information and digging as possible to find out is this person worth, you know, a multi-year, multi-million dollar commitment to this organization? So there's a lot on the line. And I think it's also kind of what makes it fun because it raises the tension on everything. Um, but we just got to kind of start with that general overview is that both sides here are really trying to maximize a big opportunity. You know, the teams are trying to find the next star player, the person that they need to take their team to the next level. Um you know, like somebody who, you know, the diamond in the rough, <laughs> all those kind of things, uh, a productive player on a quote unquote cheap rookie deal. You know, can you get a good productive player at a, at a controlled cost for the next four years? And then the players, they're like, Hey, this is my opportunity to make a name for myself. Start making some legit money. I mean, even if you're a sixth round pick, I don't know the exact numbers, but I think a sixth round contract is still like four years, $2 million or something. You know, you're still making five, $600,000 a year on, you know, a, a fifth, sixth, seventh round contract. You're, you're legit talking a, a good amount of money. Like you can, even if you never play again in the NFL, you can buy a house outright and <laughs> not have to worry about you know, owning a home for the rest of your life. I mean, y'all, we're working so. so hard just to attempt to retire as millionaires. And these guys are getting a deal in the next <laughs> four or five years. And they've already accomplished that two, three times over. So yeah. this is huge. And when I think of a lot of these um, college aged men that are coming out and this is a lot of pressure on them. Um, just thinking about what the, the contracts are going to be for them and multi-million dollar job contracts. That, uh, that's a lot to take in. <laughs> Yeah, so who's going to perform well under pressure? Who isn't? But let's just kind of break down what the four main parts are. At least, I think there's basically four parts of the combine in this whole week. So there's the medicals. So there's a whole lot of medical testing. There's the interviews where they're actually interviewing with the coaches, with the teams. There's the actual athletic testing themselves, you know, like the 40 and the vertical and the three cone and all that. And then there's the after hours, um, you know, the mingling, so to speak. You know, there's there's 32 teams, 32 coaching staffs, 32 general managers there, and hundreds and hundreds of college prospects. And it's kind of a small event in the sense that it's not spread out over a huge city. It's kind of in a small contained area. So there's a whole lot of after hours mingling that goes on. So we're just going to talk about those four areas. Yeah. So first thing is the medicals. And if I remember correctly, the medicals are the first thing that happened at the beginning of the combine. So first day, like tomorrow, Tuesday, they're not really going to be doing a whole 
if I remember any athletic testing, I'm pretty sure they just start doing medical evaluations. Um, what kind of medical evaluations do you know? So I don't know exactly. I think the main thing in general that they're looking for is just red flags. And a red flag could be any number of things. Uh, you brought up blood test and VO2. I didn't even think about that, but it makes sense. I remember there was a guy who dropped in the draft last year because he had a rare blood condition. Um, sometimes people just end up having like weird medical stuff that comes up and they drop. Uh, another example would be Justin Fields. It came out that he was... Uh, being treated for epilepsy or something. And it hadn't affected him at all during his college career, but it was like, it was one of those things where it's like, Hey, this is a medical concern. Yeah. And again, you're talking about investing years of time and resources and millions of dollars into these players. So you got to check their medicals. Um, I jokingly likened it to when you go to buy a car, do you just walk on the lot and buy something? No, you do your research into it. What's the fuel economy? What's the chassis look like? How long can you expect the vehicle to last? And can I get the car facts? <laughs> can I get the car facts? Yeah. yeah. Like how many accidents has this thing been in? Seriously. I mean, what, what has happened to this vehicle of sorts? And when you're thinking of, you know, bringing on a person for, Hey, if I'm going to sign you on for the next four or five, six years, um, what am I going to get out of you? What am I going to have to pay to potentially fix you? And what are you going to give to me? Because yeah. medical's big. A lot of times when it comes to your blood doesn't lie. It's, there's a lot there. Yeah. Um, another one that we're unfortunately all too familiar with, uh, Javon Kinlaw, defensive tackle. It was kind of red flagged that he had a possible degenerative knee issue mm. and that's kind of been an issue so far as we can tell he basically didn't even play this season he had a couple snaps in the first couple of games and then they shut him down for the season with season ending reconstructive acl knee surgery so is that something that shows up you know on someone's record um i put a little note in here the taller wide receivers there are some really talented, big-bodied wide receivers in this class that have some medical issues. You know, whether that be broken ankles or ACLs, and they may or may not actually work out in terms of the testing, but each of these teams has an opportunity to go in there with their medical staff and prod and poke, so to speak. I've heard some... Just interesting things, hearing from different players, former players, athletes, just talking about like what they go through. And it's like you go in there and you're meeting with 30 doctors, 30 different teams, and every one of them is like pulling and yanking at your knee to see <laughs> how your knee is. And it's like, dude, it fucking hurts because you've been pulling at my knee and the last 20 guys have been pulling at my knee and I've been rehabbing it for six months. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, because that was something that I brought up too was, all right, so when it comes to medical testing and having these 32 doctors inspecting you, um, I was thinking from a physio standpoint, physical therapy of what's their flexion, what's their extension, what's their range of motion, how, how far can they go on each side, you know, just does both arm, do both arms raise at the same angle or do you have some shoulder displacement? Like what's, what's going on there? Yep. Um, yeah, so, so many different medical things that they're testing for, but I think another thing that they're doing is just they're looking through the entire medical history in addition to doing present term testing. So a lot of these players who are rehabbing from an injury. So for example, again, a couple of taller wide receivers. I can't remember off the top of my head. I think like Justin Ross is one of them. Six foot four wide receiver. I want to say Clemson off the top of my head. I could be wrong, but if I remember correctly, he had a really bad knee injury. Um, Drake London, I think he's the six foot five uh, receiver out of USC, um, broken ankle. So how is their rehab going? Are they on track? Are they rehabbing well? Are they ahead of schedule? Will they be ready to play this season? Or is it something where, hey, he's really talented, but I don't even think he'll be able to play his rookie season. So, you know, we're not even getting that first year a contract at a controlled cost. So how does that affect the draft stock? Yeah. So there's a whole lot. Um, another thing I just put down was concussions. You know, how much are they able to find out? Like how many concussions has this guy had? Because 
I mean, let's be real. The NFL has done a great job in reducing concussions, but they still happen, and it's not necessarily the same protocol in high school and college. I mean, I, how many times you hear guys say, like, I got my bell rung, and I was out for a couple seconds, and then my teammates got me up off the field, and I was out for a play, or I was in the huddle, and I didn't know what was going on. Mm. <laughs> so, you know, how, how many of these... How many of these red flags are they finding on all these different prospects? So there's a lot of different things to look for. And unfortunately, these aren't necessarily things that we are going to get official news from. It's really going to be more, again, with that after hours talk of, you know, you'll hear rumblings in the Twitterverse and the ESPN of so-and-so is dropping on draft boards after some kind of medical evaluation on Monday. You know, you see like some guy is dropping based off of a medical evaluation question. So that's something that you want to pay attention to. Uh, anytime that you hear somebody dropping about a medical reason, there's, there's a legit reason behind it. And it could be that it's a legit reason. And that means that the guy is maybe a steal later on, or it could just mean that he's off some boards entirely. Um, I think that the 49ers are, have adjusted their philosophy in the sense of we're not going to be spending a whole lot of draft capital on guys who are consistently hurt, and we're not going to bring in guys who are consistently hurt. I think that they kind of got bit enough times over the first couple of years of this uh I don't know you call it administ not administration, but the 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 Lynch and Shanahan team since they've been together the first couple of years I think that they realized that they were investing too much in guys with medical issues, mm-hmm. and so they've been a lot more cautious Thank when you. it comes to medicals. So yeah. that'll be something to keep an eye on if you start hearing rumors about somebody dropping because of a medical, mm-hmm. and that'll typically be again within the first couple of days because the testing isn't until after the medicals. So anything else you want to add to medical? Um, oh, yeah, I was thinking, uh, okay, I mentioned earlier your blood doesn't lie. Uh, I was also thinking of uh, when it comes to the fat, skinny, jacked thing. Yeah, fat, <laughs> skinny, jacked. Um, but when it comes to your cholesterol, when it comes to how well do you absorb nutrients, how well do you process and uh, your metabolism, you know, what is yeah. your diet? What are your hormone like? levels? Shoot, seriously. Like, do you have like. Is the reason why you're like not in the best shape is because you have bad hormones and like a not good blood type? Or is it because, um, you know, it's just the program and the school that you're at didn't have the funding to afford like an extra nutritionist for the team to help out the players? Because if there's one thing I live by, it's what you consume and put in your body is going to affect you and affect everything that happens from your systems. Mm -hmm. Um, I know we've been doing a low carb diet for past, I don't even know how long. And every time that we do meal prep and that we stick to this, we feel amazing. But I don't get fat. Hey, um, but whenever we, whenever we don't focus on our meal prepping and planning and staying to this low carb diet, my belly gets bigger. Well, and we have pizzas and we have a little too much, uh, just, yeah. So with these athletes, it's the same thing, you know, how, what is your metabolism? Like, what is your nutrition style? What, uh, how well do you consume and produce and things like that? Again, if you're, if you're buying a car, you're doing research. If you're going to invest in a player for the next four years, you're going to want to know what are they doing? Yep. So to summarize, the medicals matter. If somebody starts dropping after the medicals, there's usually a reason, but we probably won't get an official answer, so it'll mostly just be rumors. Yeah, and a lot of times medical, you can't change that stuff. It is what it is. Yep. Cool. Uh, So the next portion is the interviews. Interviews. So that is when the players actually get a chance to meet with the coaches and the teams and all that kind of stuff. I don't remember exactly how it works. There's usually a limited number of interviews that you're allowed to perform and you can pick certain players. It is interesting to see which players, which teams decide to meet with. So that's one thing to look at. Like, hey, who are the, you know, who are the Niners actually interviewing? Who are they talking to? Is this like a late round guy that they're curious about? Or are they just kind of throwing a fake signal out there to kind of mislead someone? The Niners can only interview up to X amount of players. 
Yeah, they're limited to, I'm pretty sure they're limited to a certain amount. I don't remember okay. how many exactly, but like, I don't think that you can actually sit down with all 370 <laughs> prospects. Can you imagine how long that would take? It would take a minute. That would take a long time. So in regards to the interviews, it is kind of funny because one of the things that just popped into my head was I heard, you know, you've heard about these silly interview questions like the grit test. We're going to have a staring contest and shake hands and see who lets up first. And if you blink first, then you're not making the team or <laughs> something ridiculous. Uh, the point being is that different coaches and different teams they're going to have different philosophies on how they test players in terms of their mental capacity, their mental agility, uh, their character, their frustration levels, mm. how they react when they get confused or thrown, like get thrown a curveball, you know? Mm. So they might, I've heard, you know, we're going to give you at the beginning of your interview, we're going to give you five numbers in an order and at the end of the interview we're going to ask you to repeat that back to us and so that's going to be you know like how are we testing your your play recognition in a sense can you remember what we talked about in class on tuesday when you see this formation on sunday five days later and then you recognize this route is going to go that way so there's different ways that they go about doing this but this is a way that they're testing players from like, again, a mental capacity. Oh man, I'd be so stressed with that one. I, I'm already thinking about five numbers to have in my head and keep them in order by the time. Uh, I messed up. Nope. Yep, not happening. Nope. <laughs> um, but yeah, so there's a lot of different ways that they're going to test these players mentally. One of the kind of standardized standardized ones is the Wonderlick. I don't remember if they do the Wonderlick uh, before, during, or after the Combine. But the Wonderlick is kind of like your standardized intelligence kind of test. It's a like a very basic version of an IQ test or an SAT or whatever. I remember Fred Warner had one of the better Wonderlick scores. And it's one of the reasons I love Fred Warner. You listen to him and you hear him talk and you're like, dude, this guy is a really intelligent leader. Um, but it doesn't necessarily even matter. I think Frank Gore, I remember, had a really, really low Wonderlick. And I mean, he's a freaking hall of fame running back so it doesn't necessarily matter but it's just one of those things where all these things are data points in terms of does it matter how much does it matter how is this going to affect whether this guy will contribute to my team and how much he can contribute uh another thing you know like these these mental tests it's different for different positions yeah if you're a defensive lineman it's you know, like your hand technique and your leverage really matters, but you don't necessarily need to be a rocket science, scientist to say, I need to beat the guy in front of me and tackle that guy with the ball. Uh, compared to like a safety who's trying to read multiple routes at the same time, understand the route concept, and then make the proper angle, uh, pursuit angle to get a tackle. Okay, so or a linebacker I, where you have to see you have to understand which run gaps you're filling in front of you while also understanding the zone coverages and the route concepts behind you. So it it matters differently for different positions, but they're gonna test you mentally. I tried I tried to play the um, oh what do you call it the introduction to uh, Madden and play through some of the schemes just to right. learn how to throw the damn ball and I was struggling so hard <laughs> to figure out wait which one's X A B Y and by the time you know you're throwing the ball then babe hit that one wait what ouch and to process what the play is how to how to conduct the play and it was frustrating for me so I could only imagine for these players having the knowledge and fortitude to know what the play is how to enact the play and how to understand okay well if that went wrong uh, how to mitigate for a different play in that there's a lot going on there because in my job I can think like that but when it comes to football <laughs> there's cameras on these guys at all times and they're yeah. always being observed and viewed and so that's that's a lot of stress yeah. I know I'm stressed out just thinking about playing Madden. Yeah, yeah. I mean, geez, grit test, stare down. Yeah. No, <laughs> um, thank you. That that makes me think of my eyes as sandpaper. That doesn't work for me. Yeah. Long um, story long story short is that they're gonna go in there and they're gonna challenge these players mentally because they wanna see mentally, emotionally, and just like 
personality wise, what are we getting if we decide to bring you onto this team? Can we coach you? Do you take coaching? Will you be the right fit for our culture? Will you be the right fit for our team? Will you take coaching properly from us? You know, if we teach you something and then 10 minutes later, you nail it. Like that's a good thing for us. If we say something to you and then 10 minutes later, you answer it, you know, not the way that we said it, or you give a different answer to different times, then that might pop up some red flags. So ultimately, again, they're, they're just putting these players through the mental ringer just as much as they are through the physical ringer because it's such a big deal to them. Yeah. And with some interview questions, I know you get the typical hokey ones that go into a job interview. Okay. So what are your oh, strengths yeah. and weaknesses? And I just, I just really want to do my best and contribute in any way possible. And, and whatever they ask of me, I will do with a smile on my face. So we win. I, I want to win a Super Bowl because that's the best thing to do. Yeah. yeah. All right. So things that I was thinking of. Yes. And every other player. <laughs> we agree. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so things that I was thinking of, I know it sounds hokey, but truly, what are your goals? What are your dreams? What are your aspirations what do you want to give to this community to this team that's going to sign you on and what do you want to get back from them mm-hmm. you know what is legitimate what do you want out of this because if we give you this contract we want to know who are we getting and then what is your level of commitment you know uh when it comes that's to your oh, man hashtag dante pettis so uh- Okay, you don't know. (laughs) I was going to say, for those of us that don't understand, please explain. 49ers traded up to draft Dante Pettis in the second round uh, a couple years ago. Wide receiver, extremely talented, uh, great college returner, really talented route runner, can get open, had pretty much every trait that you would look for in a potential starting high-end wide receiver didn't have something mentally and just never caught on. And they ended up cutting him in his third year. Mm. Uh, The giants picked him up. I think he had one or two plays and he's basically not even in the league, despite the fact that he's so talented. And there were some questions pre-draft about his commitment level to Mm. football and the NFL. Are you just like, obsessed with football you love it it's been like your lifelong dream to get there to do this you're gonna work day night fight tooth and nail blood sweat tears film study non-stop because you want to be the greatest of the greatest or is it really more realistically just like a job hey you know what i was really really good at this in middle school and then i was really really good at this in high school and then I was really, really good at it in college and I got a scholarship. So I guess I'll go into the NFL because I'm just really good at this. That may or may not fly at the NFL level because at the NFL level, every single guy out there was also a baller in middle school, in high school, in college. <laughs> Only now they work their ass off because they're grown adults doing this professionally. I mean, when I see Is this some a of, professional commitment? Yeah, when I see some of these YouTube videos that are released of a day in the life of an NFL, it's these guys do. They eat, sleep, breathe. They think about it 24-7. It is on their mind, and I applaud that level of athleticism. Hard work beats talent that doesn't work. Yeah. Uh, another thing that I was thinking of with interview questions, this is, I don't know, just from a sentimental point, but... Hey, so you're going to be moving to most likely a new state. And what is your level of community outreach? You know, what are some things that you want to do to uh, establish yourself, your personality, who you are, your community, your family? And then along with that is what is your level of commitment to your own mental aptitude? You just came out of college. Do you plan on pursuing further education? Do you plan on um, making NFL your only thing? Or do you want something more out of this? That's just, you know, me thinking more interview questions. Yeah. But yeah, ultimately, same thing with the medicals. You're looking for red flags. Uh, Did they have a good interview or a bad interview? Again, this is going to be one of those things where we're probably not going to get like a a firm, hard yes or no in terms of the interviews. Um, But you may or may not hear about somebody rising or falling in the draft, you know, through rumor, the rumor mill based off of interviews. You know, this person was a bad interview for one reason or another, and they are 
you know, quote unquote, dropping on draft boards. Well, and if you put them in front of cameras, how are they going to talk after a game? Are mm-hmm. they going to be appropriate or inappropriate? Are they going to be professional? Yep. Are they going to be able to speak their mind or just go, I don't know? Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Cool. On to testing, the athletic testing. The stuff that I normally watch on TV. So, you know. <laughs> well, it's pretty much the only thing they actually show on TV out of all this. They don't okay. show the medicals and the interviews. <laughs> well, I'm sh- no, because they're not going to show people with needles in their arms like, ah, they're drawing blood. I think my favorite part of the testing is, in terms of watching it is just when they show the highlights because they're like, this 300-pound offensive lineman just ran a 4840. And you're like, how the fuck do humans do this? Okay. And that's <laughs> saying something because when I go running, I feel like I'm hitting the dirt with the two heaviest elephant feet possible. And yeah. I'm not that heavy. So when I clomp, clomp my way through it. When you find out of a guy, a guy who's twice your size going twice as fast, you're like, how is that possible? I'm slow <laughs> and fat as fuck. Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're not, but oh, yeah. thanks. I feel that way when I run. Cause it does not sound healthy. <laughs> Me too. There's, there's, there's a couple pounds in places where I'd rather they not be. All right. Well, cheers to that. Yeah. Cheers. Let's have some more wine about <laughs> okay. that. <and> reminisce. <laughs> So testing. Yeah, with the testing, I guess I'll just go through like what they test for and then I'll just talk about like what matters and what I do, what I look for and what I don't really care about. So with the testing, the main things, everyone knows the 40 yard dash. The way I see the 40 yard dash, that's going to tell me what is your top speed? What is your long speed? Mm. Sometimes it tells me about acceleration but it doesn't tell me as much about your acceleration as the shuttle. The shuttle or short shuttle is where you start, stop, go back, start, stop, go back. So that's more like how quickly can you start? How quickly can you stop and uh, like turn on a dime? So start, stop, start, stop, acceleration. There's the three cone. That's basically, you know, how agile are you? You know, you're running, you're turning, you're making a 180, you're coming back, you're circling around. How quickly can you can like you run that three cone fancy triangle? Fancy footwork with that, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I mean ankle mobility, ankle flexion or whatever, but ankles, knees, hips, how low can you get while maintaining balance? Mm. Uh, that's kind of the three cone. Vertical, how high can you jump? Yo, that's... some of these guys can jump. Yeah, they got hops. Oh, man. Way more than me. I've got, like, probably a three-inch vertical. <laughs> Maybe six. I, I, okay. Yeah. I know I, I know. I don't get that much air. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, you got the vertical jump, uh, which is going to measure... Basically, that, that kind of incorporates acceleration, explosiveness. Uh, you have the broad jump, which, to me, the broad jump is probably the best... Um, the best measurement of power and force that you can generate. It's from a dead stop, right? It's just standing as far as you can jump. Yeah, that's that's some gluteus maximus power right there. Yep. It's kind of like a deadlift. Like, that's a full body exercise. Uh, how much power can you generate and force? And mm. then the final one, obviously, bench press. Uh, I don't really care too much about the bench. I think it's overrated because how many times are you flat on your back pushing somebody up off you? You know, like, it's cool to watch guys, like, you know, put up 30 reps on a bench, but I don't think it matters as much as those other tests. I think that's more of, like, just a, you know, do you hit the minimum threshold or are you just too weak sauce? I guess bench is another thing. There's some cardio involved in that because you have to keep going with it. So, yeah, I guess. Either way, though, um, and here's the other thing is that each of these different measurements and testing, it's different for different positions. Yeah. Um, they're also going to be testing for height, weight, arm size, arm length, uh, hand size, etc. Just like physical, you know, what are your size and measurements? And you were saying there's like some minimums for some players. Oh yeah. hundred percent. I mean, you basically can't play the offensive line. Like you can't play offensive tackle if you have 32 inch arms, like it's just too short. You can't keep a can't keep an edge rusher off of you. See now those I want to measure my arms. Ha- those edge rushers will have such long arms. They'll just they'll beat you every time. I know I don't have long arms, but that that's. Trust me, you would not hand, you would not last <laughs> in the NFL. I'm five four. I don't think I no. No, there there are not many five four NFL players. No, I don't no. think there's one. No, <laughs> I'd be impressed and scared. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Yeah. Uh, so. Call him Tootsie Roll because he's a short stack or something. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, and then there's also the position drills. And the position drills, I really don't think they matter too much. I mean, they're fun to watch. The the one thing I will say about position drills, so I'm talking like the, you know, like the running routes and the catching. Oh, I've seen those, yeah. Ultimately, you're going to watch it on film, and the film matters more than, you know, they call this the Underwear Olympics because they're out there, they're wearing spandex, looking all jacked, so everyone can see how muscular are they, how fat are they, how Why in shape are they. Why do you think I love they? watching the combine? How in shape are they? <laughs> um... Yeah, and you know, it's a lot easier to go out, run a route, and catch a ball when you're running around in basically shorts and a t-shirt, and you're not getting hit. So the position drills don't matter as much. What I will say, did they fuck up on the position drills? If you're out there as a wide receiver, and you're dropping the ball when you should be catching it, you're falling on the draft board, so... With these position drills, they're fun to watch, but ultimately the film, I think, matters more. I think you're mostly just looking for, did they fuck up while the lights are on them, and this is the biggest interview they've ever had, or did they look like they were confident and they executed properly? Yeah, because I know for myself, I was, in, uh, I was in sports and other performing aspects, and you can always go through a rehearsal, and then you go through an actual performance. And once you go through the performance, yes, you can feel a level of stress, but you can tell yourself, okay, I can always make it up, and I can always do better in the next half, in the next quarter, whatever it is. But when you have this one drill that you get to perform on, do they get that, you know, the heart racing feeling when your veins feel like they turn to ice and then electric at the same time and just your stomach drops out of your ass because you get so nervous? Do they feel that way when they're performing their typical position drill or do they perform admirably and incredibly and do they show us what they've got? Do you tense up and crush under pressure or do you rise to the occasion when the lights are on you? Yeah. Yeah. So... With the testing, in general, uh, there's kind of two ways that I look at the testing. The first thing is when you're getting all these numbers, it's a whole lot of information, a whole lot of data. You're looking and they've got the little the little scroller bar thing on the bottom and it's telling all the 40s and the verticals and the broad jumps. And you know, they're, who are the leaders and who's rising and who's falling, all that kind of stuff. Ultimately, what I kind of look for is confirmation versus reassessment. So based on the testing, does this confirm what I saw on film? Like this guy looks really fast in the games. Cool. He ran really fast. Check mark confirmed. Or is this a reassessment? Good or bad, you know, like he looked really fast. Ooh, he ran a four six. That is not fast. Okay. I need to reassess this guy's. I need to reassess this player. Or reassessment the other guy. Hey, you know what? This testing that he did, you know, he ran this specific drill way better than I thought he would. Maybe there's some untapped potential in here that I can see on the film on a second look. And it's going to make me reassess my evaluation on him. Maybe they can finally, you know, let their flag fly and actually do what they need to do. And so they're not feeling hindered by maybe it was a coach that was holding them back. Maybe it was a player. Maybe it was the O or D line that wasn't allowing them to be and do what they needed to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Ultimately, though, uh, that's the first thing is I'm looking for. Does the testing confirm what I saw or I need or do I need to reassess uh, my evaluation of this player? And then the second thing I'm looking for uh, in terms of testing is do they meet the minimum requirement or is this person an outlier? Mm. So minimum requirement. Again, there's there's certain like physical things which is like you have to be at least this much in order to succeed at the NFL or else it's exceedingly difficult. You know, if you're a wide receiver, I I mean, I'm sorry, but if you're a wide receiver who runs a 4-8-40, you're just, it's going to be really, really hard for you to be successful in the NFL. Yeah, you got to convince me after that. If you run a 4-7, you're probably not even getting drafted. I mean, Juwan Jennings was thought of as a pretty good prospect, and then he ran a 4-7, and then we picked him up in the seventh round. And he's solid, but again, you're talking about a guy who is looked at as possibly a third or fourth round prospect who went to the seventh round because of how low he ran the 40. Um, again, minimum requirements on measurements. Uh, 
We'll go through these by position, but you know, again, if you're an offensive tackle and you measure in at 32 inch arms, I'm sorry, you're not an offensive tackle. You're probably going to have to play guard because you're not going to have the length to go up against these edge rushers with 35 inch long arms who can, you know, are also freak athletes. So it's so. basically T-Rex versus King Kong. Yeah, it's just, it's not going to work. Tiny arms. Yep. Um, so do you hit the minimum requirement? Do you hit, at the very least, are you hitting like the bench line average? You know, are you in 50th percentile or better? Or are you in 50th percentile or worse? Um, and then there's the outliers. You know, are you in like the top one or five or 10% of something? You know, did you run a fourth, did you run like a mid four, three where now you're like, you know, in the top three to 5% of speed for a wide receiver? Um, was your like three cone, like elite? Did you have, I like to call it the devil's three cone when you score a 6.66 on the three cone. <laughs> Like, holy shit, are you agile? Like, can you run some, like, quick routes in the, out of the slot? Or are you now, like, one of our best, like, nickel corners or something uh, based off of how you tested? So are you an outlier or are you just hitting the minimum requirement? And if you're not, if you're not an outlier, good or bad, so just kind of what I'm looking for. You know, are you hitting the minimum requirement is this confirming what I saw or are you an outlier? Do I need to reassess my evaluation? Mm. Yeah. Cause he's, Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, you've been watching so many videos lately and he's been doing a lot, a lot of research and work into these guys. So yeah. when I, it is, <laughs> it's almost disgusting the amount of work he's been doing. I think um, it's, I think on YouTube, I have probably about 11 hours up there now. And that's just what he's posted on YouTube. That's not even the notes that he has here on the laptop or on his oh, phone. No. It, the, the man pages. has pages, pages, multitudinous. Uh, but he's, he's really gone into depths about this. So I know the combine for him is going to be, it's basically going to be the Olympics where he finally gets to watch, hey, I've I've seen and I've studied what you've done in the past and I want to see how do you perform here and now. Yeah. And there's a lot of guys where I'm just going to be like, cool, you know what? I've heard about this guy. I've seen him on a draft board. Um, but, you know, like the colleges, they always kind of like to exaggerate a little bit. You're heightening your weight. You know, you're you're. They list you as six two, even though you're technically like six six foot and like three quarters. But you know they just kind of give you that little extra inch and then round it up. Um, and they list you at like two ten when really you're like one ninety seven. Ooh, so that's, mm. it's nice to get these like official measurements and numbers because it matters. And yeah. then again, when you're out there wearing like shorts and spandex, like they can really see what shape you're in. You know, yeah, are we can. you? Are you showing up like shredded to the bones and crushing the combine mm. or did you show up out of shape? And then it's like, well, maybe we got to wonder what the heck this guy's deal is. Blech. You know? Sorry. I, I like seeing the spandex. It's uh, it's one of my highlights to the day. I'm sure you like seeing a bunch of, you know, super athletes in their young 20s running around in short shorts and tight shirts. All right. He showed me Kittle's video the other day when he was running his drills. He and looked like a baby. Oh, uh, well, yeah, he looked like a baby. Um, this is just my preference. I don't really like a lot of guys with longer hair. So Kittle's current hair, meh, but his combine, how it was short cropped and I thought he looked good. And then the routes that he was running, I thought he looked real good. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Cool. So with that being said, I kind of want to... Why did, I, I, why did I bring you on? <laughs> because why? Good, good point. Yeah. And puppy. Yeah, because yeah. puppy. That's been the answer to like every single frustration we've had the last two and a half weeks. Yo. We adopted our puppy Nala the day before the Super Bowl. So since then, it's just been like, just awe. And then chaos and frustration mixed yeah. in. There's, there's moments of, oh my God, I love her so much. And moments of, I'm going to fucking strangle her because she, she chewed through this today. Yeah. Like why, why, why does she keep pulling on her leash? This is the third lap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So new pet parents were trying to figure that out. And uh, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, she's awesome. We love her. We love her. We cried. Um, like babies. 
Maybe you. Okay, I cried like a baby. Okay, I've, I've been wanting a dog for so long. But yeah, anyway, no, that's sure. not the podcast. Yeah, so let's talk about just different positions. And I don't want to go too long because we're already 45 minutes in. But I want to go through the different positions just in terms of like what kind of matters and what doesn't. So we'll just start on offense. And with quarterbacks, none of it matters because we're not <laughs> drafting a quarterback. Done. <laughs> None of it matters. Fuck it. Uh, if it mattered to you, I don't know why. Uh, <laughs> you know, you're again basic minimums. Uh, is are we getting confirmation? You know, there's a hand size minimum requirement because you got to be able to hold the full football, especially in bad conditions, et cetera, et cetera. Anyways, next thing, running backs. Uh, I don't think running back is something that we really need to target highly. I do think that among those, obviously, you're looking at. 40, short shuttle, the three cone. Uh, I don't think that the vertical or the bench press matter all that much. I do think the broad jump matters Mm because you're looking for power. That power. Um, Height, weight, arms, hands. I don't really think that matters a whole bunch either. I think with height and weight, you don't want a guy who's too tall. You also don't want a guy who's too short. I think the ideal NFL build is that kind of 5'10 to 6 foot, uh, 200 to 220-ish. You know, all just it kind of depends on what you're looking for in a running back. I think what we've seen from Shanahan is he likes them to be a little bit on the small side, uh, but fast and decisive. So somebody with, you know... The broad jump might not matter all that much because Shanahan doesn't care about them running through guys, but he wants a guy with a good 40, a good shuttle, and a good three cone because he wants a guy who can take off, make a cut, and go. So I think that's probably what we're going to be looking for in terms of running backs. Okay. Uh, In terms of receivers, I'm really curious because I have this idea of what I want, but what I want is never what the Niners seem to draft from wide receivers. Um, There's a lot of different testing in terms of the physical stuff. I think there's just some general minimum requirements. I don't think that you should be drafting a wide receiver that's under like 180 pounds. I just think that's difficult to stand up in the NFL. I mean, you look at Debo and Ayuk. Debo measured in at like... 210, 211 ish. Ayuk was around 205. Uh, height wise, I think you're looking at 510 being kind of like a minimum, unless you really want a pure slot. I don't think Shanahan wants a pure slot. I think he wants weapons. So I think you're looking at uh, 510, 511, up to 63. Um, but I could be wrong. Maybe Shanahan still really wants like a Jalen Hurd type guy who's. You know, 6'4", 6'5", 230 pounds, which personally I'm all for. I like Jawan Jennings, but again, you run a 4'7", he can't really stretch the field. I would really love us to go out there and get like a 6'2", 6'3", 6'4", guy who can stretch the field and just be a really big target. So for me, I would like us to get a guy who's tall with long arms, big hands, um, with a good 40 and a good vertical. I don't think the bench really matters all that much. I will say that if you're looking for a Shanahan weapon, the three cone probably does matter because he wants shifty guys who can run really technical routes. Mm. And I don't think he's necessarily looking for just a big body guy. I could be wrong. I kind of want us to just get a a big body vertical threat. Just go deep, chuck it up kind of (laughs) guy. But I don't know if that's what Shanahan wants. He might be more interested in three cones and short shuttles just for like pure acceleration change of direction created on your own. Um, But you know, that's, that's kind of a philosophy thing. Um, Yeah. And then vertical vertical does matter a lot for receivers. I think vertical matters a lot more than the broad jump. The broad bunch is more force and power. Whereas vertical is again, acceleration. And can you go up and get the ball? So vertical matters. I did a, See an interesting article from PFF, and they were talking about combine testing as it relates to fantasy football uh, performance. And for wide receivers, the vertical jump was the biggest factor in terms of how successful uh, or in terms of like how much 
fantasy value they provided over a three-year stretch. So that is something you need to keep in mind is that, hey, maybe the vertical is the most important testing stat for wide receivers. Uh, at least that's what, you know, it was one of the standout measurements from PFF. I think it was like vertical, the 40, and then arm length. Ayuk, uh, 33 inch long arms. So you have that really big range. You can just reach out, snag the ball out if it's in your general area. Tight ends. I think with tight ends, you are looking for a height and weight minimum. I think you're looking with a tight end, 245 is probably the minimum weight you want, and height you want 6'3, 6'4 is like your minimum. Arms and hands, don't think that really matters, but if you're going to be that big, I would hope that you have freakishly big hands. <laughs> I remember last year there was a guy, Trey McKitty, who had 11-inch hands, and I was like, bro, those are some big mitts. Um, I do think that with with tight ends, I think the ones that you're looking at the most is broad jump, three-cone, and the 40. And I normally wouldn't say three-cone, except that, again, I was looking at that PFR article and uh, they had the three cone as one of the highest factors of fantasy success. And maybe it's just because when you're a tight end, how agile you are in terms of running those routes could be the difference between getting open against linebackers and safeties. Uh, with the 40, I think that a, uh, a tight end who has a really good 40, you might not need to run a good route, but you're just so fast. You can outrun a linebacker on those really simple routes like just a straight go route up the seam or like a crossing route or like a hitch where you fake, like you're going to run straight up the seam and then you just stop. You just have a big cushion to be a big target. So those are probably what I'm looking for with tight ends is broad jump, uh, three cone and 40. Uh, do you have anything you want to add before I move on from the weapons? No, I don't think so. I mean, you pretty much covered it when it comes to the physical testing. Cool. Uh, in terms of offensive line, uh, I don't think it really matters all that much most of the testing. I think you just want a good broad jump. Again, we're looking at, you know, minimum requirements and are you above average? I don't think the three cones, the 40s, the shuttles and stuff matters all that much. Uh, bench kind of matters because like how good are you like punching, keeping a guy off of you? Uh, the big thing though is just like the physical measurements, you know, uh, are you tall enough? Are, do you weigh enough? Are your arms long enough? With like an offensive tackle, I think you're looking at minimum for an offensive tackle, six foot five, 33 plus inch arms. I think you ideally want like 34 plus inch arms. Uh, so like six, five, 300, 33, 34 plus inch long arms. Uh, you move into guard. I think that height and arm length matters a little bit less. I think you're fine with like 6'2", with 32-inch long arms. I think that works at guard or center. And typically the smallest and most nimble offensive linemen are the best ones at center. Uh, so if you're going to be small, you better be nimble and athletic if you're going to be a center. Um, on the defensive line, uh, 40 is always fun. But again, I think that you're ideally looking for power. So the broad jump, I think, matters probably the most with defensive tackles. In terms of defensive ends and edge, 40 gets all the hype. But I think ideally you're looking more at the three cone and the shuttle. The three cone matters a lot for a defensive end or edge rusher because how, how, nim how, how flexible and agile are you to turn that edge or, and like win around the edge how much bend do you have flexibility when you're rushing the passer? So I think the three cone matters a lot in terms of defensive ends. Uh, 40 is great, obviously, if you're off the charts. There's going to be somebody who runs a ridiculous 40 at defensive ends. Uh, you know, there's going to be some guy who measures in at like 6'5", 245 that runs like a sub 4'5", 40. It's going to be ridiculous, <laughs> but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be a great edge rusher. It means you have more potential, but it doesn't necessarily matter the most. Um, I'm pretty much looking primarily, again, at broad jump, uh, shuttle, three cone. The 40 to me is a bonus. Uh, and again, bench matters some, but as long as you're hitting the minimum, I don't really care too much. Um, unless, of course, it's your only move. In terms of linebackers, uh, 40 matters. But again, I think you're primarily looking more at the short shuttle, the three cone, and the vertical. 
because how quick are you at changing direction? How quick are you at start stop? And how high can you jump to deflect passes? Uh, and then in terms of safeties and corners, I think corner is where things like, oh yeah. And let's talk about, uh, sorry, size requirements for defensive line. I think for height and weight for the Niners, I think that height doesn't matter as much, but I think six, two is the minimum requirement. Uh, weight. I think you're looking at 245, 250 as a minimum as an edge rusher. And arm length, I think you're looking for 33 plus inch long arms. I don't think hand size matters as much for defensive linemen, at least edge. And for defensive tackle, it really depends. I mean, we have defensive tackles that are, you know, 6'2", 280. And then we've got our Javon Kinlaws who are 6'5", 330. So, you know, are you big, strong? Is just kind of like the defensive tackle. <laughs> Linebackers. I think the Niners are okay with a variety of sizes, and we've noticed that they've moved a lot to these kind of safety linebacker hybrid types. So I think that uh, Dre Greenlaw, I think, is right about 5'11". So I think 5'11 is probably your minimum height for a linebacker. You're probably looking at 6'6", 2", ideally. We've got Dre Greenlaw, who's 5'11". We've got Fred Warner, who's 6'3". And I think weight-wise, you're probably looking at a minimum of around 220". And probably a max of around 240. I don't think the Niners are necessarily going to be interested in a bunch of, uh, you know, old school 6'4", 255-pound linebackers. I think that's uh, not quite what they're looking for. And that's kind of uh, a, a day gone past. You know, that was 15, 20 years ago. Mm. Now you're looking at more of like a larger safety that's playing linebacker. In terms of safeties... It depends on what you're looking for in safety, but I think the Niners are mostly looking for these kind of hybrid safeties who can play single high, they can play in the box, and they can play a split safety and like a cover two. So I think you're looking for around the range of six foot to six foot two. Uh, maybe you can get down to 5'11", and you're looking at around 200-ish pounds. You know, maybe I think 195 is probably your minimum requirement. And if you get up to 220, you might be a little bit too big to play safety, uh, at least in this scheme for what we're looking for, because we don't necessarily play as much. We're not as committed to the uh, cover three, always have a strong safety in the box kind of guy. I think you're looking at more of a kind of a, a Jimmy Ward, Jaquiski Tart uh, prototype, where Jimmy Ward is 5'11", 200 pounds, Tart is... Uh, 6'1", 210 pounds. And I think that's kind of the range that you're looking for with a safety. I don't necessarily think that there's an arm length that you're looking for. Um, but again, you want to meet the minimum requirements. Probably 32 inches is fine. Anything less than that. And it's like, you know, can you tackle? Can you break up passes? Uh, in terms of speed, I think you want speed at safety, especially makeup speed. Uh, 40 definitely matters. Uh, I think that broad jump and bench don't matter all that much unless you're looking for a run stuffer. I don't think they are. I think you're mostly looking for shuttle three cone and vertical. Uh, I think at the 40, you got to have at least a, a four, five, five is probably the slowest. I think you're looking for somebody who's a four five flat with the 40. And then when it comes to corners, I don't know what they're going to be looking for in corners, but it doesn't seem like they're looking for the bigger, longer corners anymore. I think they were past the days where they're looking for these 6'2", 6'3", big, long, cover three prototypes. You look at the corners that we have right now, Mosley, Ambry Thomas, Jason Verrett, they're 5'10", 5'11", 6' foot, with just really good agility and good cover skills. I think that height-wise, 5'10 to 6'1", I think is what you're looking for size-wise. Around 190 pounds, give or take a little bit. But I think the biggest thing is going to be, uh, again, 40, three-cone, shuttle. You got to have the agility to stick with a guy in man because we, we run a lot more man now. A lot of match coverages, which is a zone that converts to a man depending on how the routes develop. Uh, you got a 40 to stick with a guy deep and, uh, you know, you got to be able to get vertical and accelerate. So 
broad jump and bench, probably not all that much. Because, again, we don't play that kind of cover three press uh, press corner anymore. So I think that's primarily what we're looking for on terms of that. And with arm length, I mean, the longer the better with corners. Because the more arm length they have, the more you're easy to break up passes. There's probably going to be minimum requirements on some boards. I really don't know. I think under 30 inches is really difficult to... Uh, you know, really commit to with a player. Like I think Roger McCreary is like a first round corner, but then he came in with like 29 inch arms and it's like, damn, he's good. But oof, we got T-Rex arms over here. So <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's everything with the measurements and we just passed an hour. So what do you think? Is there anything else you're wondering about the measurements? Um, honestly, I'm feeling like a Jocko and Echo situation here where I have nothing to contribute, so I'll just be in the background okay. until you need my opinion. Hey, fair enough. <laughs> um, yeah, and then the final thing with just kind of all the athletic testing is you're under pressure. Did you fuck up or did you do well? So. And yeah. how did you react to it? Yeah, pretty much. You know, and did, did you have an outburst or did you handle it maturely and then, you know, show up better on the next test? Yeah. And then finally, the final stage of the combine is the after hours mingling. So every team in the NFL, the entire coaching staff, the entire team staff is at this combine. Uh, they're all going to be mingling, having drinks, spilling rumors, you know, the art of war. They're going to be spreading lies and rumors and talking to each other and everything. So there's a lot of after hours talk that goes on a lot of uh, a lot of deals that are not technically official for a little bit longer that get made here. And I think the biggest thing with the after hours thing, it, at least for the Niners, is going to be the Jimmy G trade. I am pretty convinced that during the combine, the Niners are going to work out a deal to trade Jimmy G. I think this is the opportunity to do it. You have every single team there every single coach, every single general manager, the majority of pretty much every coaching staff and every team staff. So it's the perfect opportunity. And, and not only that, but you've got scouts there. You've got agents there. Like everybody's there. The entire NFL is there. Uh, this is their opportunity. And this is probably where they're going to work out a Jimmy G trade. So um, I think realistically there's going to be a trade negotiated and agreed to with like a handshake, but not necessarily a signature. And we'll probably find out about it. I would say the week after the draft, I think that if there is a time that Jimmy gets traded, it's sometime between the draft, the combine, um, the combine ending on March 7th and free agency period being the 16th. So I would guess sometime between the 7th and the 15th, we're going to find out about a Jimmy G trade that's going to be made official at the league year. Um, other than that, I mean, you know, drinking and rumors, loose lips, people hanging around and talking and chit-chatting and all that kind of good stuff. So, yeah. Any questions on that? We've been going for a while. And no. I kind of want to summarize and I, cap I, it up. No, I think you're good. Let's go ahead and summarize it. Cool. So to summarize, uh, it's really big. It's really important. It's not everything. Uh, you're going to hear a lot of rumors. Um, some guys are going to rise. Some guys are going to fall. Ultimately, try and sort through everything. And remember, not everything matters and some things do. So I don't know no, if that no. makes sense. But I think if uh, if you had a chance and you actually listened to an entire hour, hour of this, you probably <laughs> gained something. At least I'd hope so. If you if you listen to this for an hour, you didn't gain anything, then you should probably reassess your decision making. Or at the very least, pour another glass of wine. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So with that, I'm going to get out of here. Um, I'd like to thank my amazing woman, Aww, Mara. Thank you. I would like to thank the puppy Nala. Yep, she's for back here snuggling up behind us. Crawling all over the couch. Yeah. And uh, again, the YouTube is up. I've got 14 videos. They're almost an hour in length each, uh, multiple prospects. And I was going to take some time at the end of this episode to summarize all the prospects. But since we're going so long, I'm just going to record another episode in a day or two and just kind of go through every prospect that I've watched. 
because I don't want this to go any longer. So I appreciate all of you for listening, like comment, subscribe, all that shenanigans and stuff. Um, and I will also say that if you give me a shout out on the Twitters, I will, uh, and tell me you listen to the show. I will give you a shout out on the pod. One for one. Yeah. And actually let me check here because, uh, I'm trying to remember here. Uh, so let's see here. Um, Niner network news B five R talk to him. We're going to try and work up a deal, uh, in terms of a guest appearance, uh, NJ Niner fan four nine 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 or four nine nine Tony. Same with you, uh, Marco Martinez. You're the shit. Uh, Jet Bailey. Uh, I think he was talking to me about some stuff. Uh, Josh LeBlanc. We already talked about you. You're cool. <laughs> and yeah, maybe Chris Jones. Yeah, Chris Jones. He said he's got me. Uh, Christo eight zero nine two six seven three six. You need a better name. Oh. So I'm sorry, but you gotta you gotta adjust your Twitter handle. So. Stop. Anyways, uh, appreciate all of you, and uh, I will catch you next time. And until then, go Niners. Mm-hmm.